0: Standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callis. Today, uh, you know, I had plans. I really did. (laughs) I just... It's Valentine's Day. I'm going to be quick about it. Uh, You know, I, (laughs) I just have had the month that keeps on giving of January and we're halfway into February. As they say, life goes on. So today we're going to talk about dealing with disappointment. Yep, (laughs) entirely different subject here. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. Before we go any further, let me remind you, like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. That makes all the difference. Whether it's the algorithm or whatever, they do their thing, I do my thing, and together uh, we're trying to get the word out. We're trying to give you a little alternative thought. Uh, Seems my Monday episode uh, (laughs) did exactly what it was intended to do. So kudos to me. (laughs) Uh, That being said, uh, we're not even going to go any further. Who cares? (laughs) As I said multiple times, who cares? Uh, So when we're talking about disappointment, I can say without any lack of certainty In other words, with complete and utter certainty for the last 30 years, uh, this Valentine's day will be my 30th Valentine's day with my lovely wife. I have been blessed not to say it hadn't been challenging. There haven't been difficulties. There haven't been, oh, let's say (laughs) mm, less than pleasant days, but on the whole 30 years in completely blessed. So there are other things that happen. There are other things mostly beyond your control that are disappointing. And what helps me is to try and keep everything in perspective. My my wife and I often tease each other about carrying burdens that aren't ours. That is, we worry about things and we get uh, weighed down by things that aren't our responsibility. They're outside of our control really, truly shouldn't be weighing on us, but they just do. If I'm honest, (laughs) there's a whole lot of things that weigh on me that really shouldn't. I mean, whether it's things in the city of McKinney that I have very little control over, whether it's things that happen in the school district that I have zero control over, whether it's things that happen at the state down in Austin that I have even less control over, or whether it's the... uh, folks over in dc that nobody has any control at least nobody in our country let's put it that way those are things that really shouldn't derail you they shouldn't depress you they shouldn't put you out of sorts but if you are involved in politics if you're concerned about the economic future if you're if you're concerned about what's right you can't help but see these things and have it affect you But they are just that, political issues. And while I believe there are political solutions, I don't believe the solution in general is political. What I'll talk about is there's spiritual aspects in everything, right? And, you know, look, if if that's not your thing, respectfully, I can't fix that for you. But if you ignore it, if you pretend it doesn't exist, you're doing yourself a disservice. There are things that are put upon you that are outside of normal understanding, normal comprehension. My solution is to go to Jesus. Hey, God, I, I can't handle this on my own. You need to step in here. You need to have my back because I can't. I just can't. You know, that gets me through things. That helps me keep things in perspective. What you do may be different. I can say with some level of certainty for you that if you give it a try, you might find that it's the answer that you needed for me. It is, but it doesn't mean there's no struggle. It doesn't mean there's no challenges. It doesn't mean that things don't still weigh on you. It's just, you can give them up. You've got a place to put them. Now, disappointments come in all shapes and sizes. Uh, and I'm going to rehash a couple of things that have been particularly disappointing, right? So for me, the last three months of 2019, And 2020 and most of 2021, extremely disappointed, disappointed in good leadership that we I thought we had disappointed in even poor leadership that could have fixed things that chose not to disappointed in many, many churches, disappointed in many, many pastors, disappointed in people that were self-appointed leaders that just didn't do the job. They didn't show up. They they sold us out. And some of those folks have now had the audacity to come back and try and push the blame on us, on we, the people. And it's just like, uh, no, we kept doing what needed to be done. We did our part. You're the one that failed. You're the one that didn't lead or you're the one that led poorly or in the wrong direction. But again, you can let that weigh you down. You can you can get beat up by it or you can just note it and move on. Give it to God. Now. Economics is a challenging thing, right? You have certain expectations. You know, there was the idea that at some point you'll be able to retire. Well, I've never really subscribed to that idea. Uh, It doesn't always make for pleasant conversations with people because I just know. That for a certain percentage of us, retirement is really never going to be an option. We're going to work until the day we die. Now, whether that's a regular full-time job or whether that's multiple part-time jobs or whether that's just some kind of side gig, it's going to be different for everybody. But the idea that you could just quit working and Coast for 20 years until you die, that was a fantasy. It was a fantasy when it started and it's even more a fantasy now. If you doubt me, just look at things. Now, granted, <laughs> the disappointments vary from people giving bad advice on how to take care of things and bad advice on how to uh, treat yourself, right? Th- that doesn't end. It doesn't go away. But it does have a certain amount of weight on your emotions, right? And this is this is really what everything boils, uh, or boils down to, right? You can have your political disappointments, you can have some spiritual challenges, you can have economic disappointments, you can have various other disappointments, but they weigh on you and they affect you emotionally. Now, this is something that, hey, the average the average guy wants to not even talk about, wants to run the other way. And then, quite frankly, a lot of folks just think, well, if you just talk about it, it makes it better. If you just open yourself up, well, maybe... But everybody processes this stuff differently. Everybody looks into things differently. Everybody has to deal with things in a different way. I don't know what that means for you. But for me, I I give it away. I, you know, give it over to God. And then I just kind of let it stew a little bit. See, is there something here that is a legitimate concern? And then if it's a legitimate concern, is there anything I can do about it? Now, this is not any kind of unique idea. This is nothing, you know, earth shattering. But it's important to talk about it because, look, there's been a whole lot of bad stuff going on. It never really stopped. And I mean, if, you, if you've been paying attention to the world around us, there's a whole lot more bad stuff going on. So, again, it's weighing on me. Is it important? Is it real? Is it a threat, if you will, to me personally, to my family? Well, if that's the case, what do I need to do about it? How do I approach it? What what's some things I can do to mitigate it? Is there anything I can do to lessen the chance that it's got a direct impact on me? There's all these different things you can, you know, play out in your mind, which is what I mean by stewing on it. And then the second thing is is there anything I can do about it to directly change it or affect? the probability of it occurring. Now, this is where it gets kind of dicey. With as politically active as I am and involved, I have to say, there's not really a good answer on any one thing. I mean, look, even if you're the governor of Texas and you have this enormous amount of power because you've declared an emergency, there's only so many things you can do. There's only so much power that you have. You can't fix everything. Even if you're resident Biden and you with the stroke of a pen, you can create a new bogus law that only matters is if other people care and listen to it. Now, today I was listening to uh, Brian McClanahan. He was talking about the uh, Hawaii Supreme Court that basically told the U.S. Supreme Court, yeah, we're going to do our own thing here. We're a sovereign state and that's just the way it's going to be. And he was quick to point out, it's not that he agreed with what the decision was, but the leverage the arguments, the reason why they came to the conclusion is fascinating, exciting, and really dead accurate. And he encouraged others out there, right of center, follow suit. This is the Hawaii Supreme Court leading the way. Every other state needs to do this as well. This is about disincorporation, right? So again, you look at what they did, at the Supreme Court level, or you look at what they did in the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals or the Texas Supreme Court, and you see certain things that happen. And if you can look past that and understand that this has opened the door, so there are some remedies available. There are some unique and new things that can be done. That doesn't mean that it's going to necessarily fix anything. It just means that it's going to stir the pot right? It's going to give you new options. But again, if you're active, if you're involved, how does this affect it? What can be done? So my one little thing, the the thing that I'm going to be looking forward to doing later on this year is I'm going to go down to San Antonio and we're going to work on a platform for the Republican Party of Texas, whereupon we're going to say, as good Republicans, these are the things we believe are important to you. We as Republicans, and we would like our state legislature to go and follow through on these items. In fact, some of these are so important that we make them legislative priorities, whereupon we say, hey, Texas legislature, these things are so important. We demand that you take and deal with these this term. Now, most of the time, if we're lucky, we get between 35 and 50 percent of those issues addressed. You're never going to get 100%. But if we can keep pushing, if we keep articulating, these are good things and these are why they want to be done, we might possibly get those things done. But by and large, we fixate and only see the failures, the faults, the the shortcomings. And again, it's the disappointment, right? We didn't get everything we wanted. This wasn't a giant win And, and you're downcast and you're upset and you're burdened by the failure. But is it a failure? If you've got 50% or 51%, someone called that a win. If you get things that you didn't previously have done this time around, how is that not a win? Now, the corresponding thing is, did the other side, did our opponents get more things done? Did Did the things that we won outweigh the things that we lost? Well, that's a fair question. But again, that's where we're dealing with the disappointment. If we're going to work for a greater good, if we're going to work towards greater goals, we have to understand that it's not a straight line, that there are things that need to be dealt with step by step. And we have to take the one step back for the two steps gained forward. We have to understand that nothing's perfect, that nothing is directly attainable all the time. We got to focus on the important things, the things that we can actually deal with, the things that we can make a difference with. So I'm going to go do my little part. And I've encouraged you all for a couple of years now, find the one thing that you care about. Find the one thing that you're involved in. Find the one thing that you think you can make an impact. Now, it's fair to say that not everybody's going to get everything all the time. It's fair to say that you might only get 10% the first go round, but it doesn't mean you quit. We didn't get to the position we're at in this country because the leftists quit. No, they kept coming. They they kept taking a bite after a bite after a bite. And sooner or later, they got the whole loaf. Or at least that's how it looks. And that's what people, some people think. It's not over. It's not the end. So closing thoughts here. I've often quoted the idea that we're supposed to occupy, right? We're, we're supposed to hold things until Christ returns. Now, my wife, she challenged me, Hey, are you sure that that's there? And I'm like, well, yeah, I went and looked it up. And I said, but are you sure that means what you think it means? Oh, that's a fair point. Because it was differently in the um, new standard versus the King James. Right? So, i look into it and I'm like, okay, so what they meant by or what is presumed they meant by the idea or notion of occupying is that they were supposed to be involved. They were supposed to participate. They were supposed to be a part of what was going on around them. It's that engaging commerce. I mean, but let's draw this to its logical conclusion. If you're engaged in commerce, you're taking part, you're involved, you're doing certain things. That's not a bad thing. I don't know that it has the same context of military conquest, but I don't even think that at least from my point of view, that occupy meant military conquest. No, it just meant hold the line, be involved. You know, don't give up. Don't walk away. So when I talk about my disappointment, that's what I focus on. Most is we have our people that have this orderly way about them that they, uh, surrender. They give it up. They walk away. They leave the battlefield. They don't even engage in battle anymore. Oh, we lost. It's uh, it's over. The thing is, is even when the left was losing, they never quit and they got each little bit and then they built and built and built and built. And sooner or later they had what some would say is a commanding lead. I don't believe that's the case. I believe that this is not over and it won't be over for quite some time. But that requires of us to be engaged, to be involved, to not quit, to not get discouraged, not to despair, but to deal with whatever disappointment we had of not getting the big win and focus on the next thing we can do. Really and truly, the best way to deal with disappointment is to look forward and work towards the next win, the next action, the next thing that you can actually do to deal with a real threat that you can actually make an impact in dealing with. But if you lose sleep and you lose sight of the fact that there are all these things that you could do nothing about and you focus on all of them, and if you lose sight of that, that, hey, there are some things we can't address, you're going to lose. You might lose yourself. You might lose your family. You, you, there's all kinds of things you can lose if you just get overwhelmed. You allow yourself to be buried. So the idea of dealing with disappointment really boils down to keeping it in context, understanding what it was that you're disappointed about or the loss that you saw or that you felt and deal with what can I do to overcome this? And what can I do to be prepared for the next thing that comes down the path? And how do I approach real legitimate problems or threats in a way that I actually can affect an outcome? Because if you can't affect an outcome, it makes no sense to go out and do anything about it. Not unlike the Don Quixote, right? Uh, the man of La Mancha, he, he's tilting at windmills. You're not going to do anything to that windmill. They, how is this different? I really don't think it is, but it's perhaps not the best analogy, but it's what I had to work with. you know. And again, I appreciate the fact that most of you will drop in, listen, some of you even go to the trouble of following or subscribing to the program. Hey, that helps. That makes a huge, huge difference. If you're if you're getting notified, it helps the algorithm, right? And if you're particularly motivated or happy or maybe even upset or despairing over something I've said, and you took the time to rate or review the program, that makes a difference. It does. But at the end of the day, I'm my own cheerleader. I, I don't look at cheerleader as a pejorative. I don't look at it as a negative thing. It just is what it is. I try to remain positive and it's difficult because look, I'm disappointed about a lot of different things at any given time, but you move on. You accept that it, what it is and you move on to the next thing. You can't continue to dwell. You can't focus on failure. You can't focus on shortcomings. You can't focus on whatever you got to move on to the next thing you got to always be perpetually moving towards the greater goal that's how you deal with the disappointment as you look at the next thing that you can accomplish you focus on your accomplishments not the things you fell short on easier said than done for a whole lot of us it's easier said than done but that's what it boils down to and the things that you can't control the things that you can't overcome just give them to God. There's nothing you're going to be able to do about it anyway. Don't don't let it uh, don't let it wreck you. So I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I know this is a primary season. I know there's a lot of heat being tossed around. You know, I, I've given my few endorsements. I've given a couple of recommendations. I really just don't see anything that'd be added. I mean, look, there are a lot of people out there. It'd be easy to pile on them or to beat up on them or point out their shortcomings. But really and truly, if you're running for office, I'd prefer you focus on why you're better, why you're the best, what you're going to bring to the table. It's real easy to point out somebody else's shortcomings, but focus on what you can do. I mean, I say that. I know that it's not really going to happen, but that that's what I would like to see. That's what my expectation is. And as always, I'm going to be disappointed because <laughs> all candidates focus on what the other candidate did or did not do, and pointed out as why they're not good enough, as opposed to, well, this is why I'm best. This is what I'm bringing to the table. This is how I'm going to improve things. It's it's funny because really a lot of people don't naturally talk about themselves and talk about how great they are. <laughs> they count on other people to do it for them. There is a class of people that are very good at it, and those are the problem. Those are the problem. You don't want those people in charge. You shouldn't trust those people with power. But that's the world we live in today. <laughs> and look, if if you think I'm being snide or mean or whatever, that's not my intention. I'm just trying to focus on a whole lot of us get disappointed, but we move on. A whole lot of us are, have been disappointed by really people and things that we expected better of. But we move on. You make the best of what it is. And the things that are out of your control, the things that you can't fix, you just give them to God and you move on. You don't have any other choice. The world keeps moving and you need to be prepared for the next thing. And if you just focus on the things that are legitimate, that you can actually have an effect on, it's going to make your life so much easier. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast. I I labor under the idea that coming here every week, speaking my mind, giving people a different way to look at things being open-minded as possible, or at least objective as possible, then I'll continue to do that. With that, this has been According to Callison. Yes, we are cutting short today. It is Valentine's Day. You probably ought to be spending some time with your spouse. I will see you on the other side.